Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's going on? Brian Phillips, editor and staff writer here at PatsPulpit.com, coming at you with another episode of Deep Down the Middle, episode five, joined by my co-host, Ryan Kieran. Ryan, how are we doing this week, bud? I'm good. I'm dealing with a uh, dog who doesn't want to listen right now, but other than that, uh, we're doing great. It's Combine Week, living the dream. How are you doing, Brian? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, Maya is the official show mascot, so if she wants to cause a ruckus, hey, she can do that. She's our also our uh, right as of right now, our show's only official sponsor. So, mm-hmm. um, light news week. Uh, really, yeah. the only thing going on in Patriots land. Uh, Nick Casario, he's back. Ryan, how much is this the huge underrated move that's that is is absolutely critical to the Patriots offseason? Uh, not underrated because it's. It's like when Dante Skarniecki came out of retirement and everyone starts saying, oh, you know, he's one of the best offensive line coaches of all time to sound smart. And then everyone started saying it as if no one else knew it, even though everyone else knew it. That's kind of how Nick Casario's become, you know, the, the I want to sound smart take now is, oh, Nick Casario is crucial to what the Patriots do, um, which isn't necessarily wrong. What he's done has been great. Um, so it is, I would say it is critical to the return. I think that, you know, having more smart minds in the building is never a bad thing. Um, I do wonder how much of a difference it would have made if he did leave, but it's always great to have him back. Uh, I agree. I agree. I just don't think it's this, it's this man. It's not like it's going to be a wrench in the gears. The machine's going to keep moving when he eventually mm-hmm. leaves. Uh, there's only so many jobs out there for, for, uh, you know, 32 jobs, you know, on the planet, uh, you know, general manager jobs. Um, so the cars just didn't fall in his favor this year. Uh, eventually mm-hmm. he's going to get the opportunity to go somewhere else and, and try to build something, which I want for him. I want for everybody that has success in, in, in Foxborough to go out and do their own thing and, and see if they can succeed. That's that's mm-hmm. fun. It's fun to watch the, the Belichick tree infiltrate the entire league uh, like it has right. done for 20 years. Um, but like I said, I don't think even if even when he does leave, I don't see it, you know, stopping this machine uh, that Bill Belichick has built. Um all right, light news week around the NFL as well. Um, a couple of contracts to talk about. Uh, Chuck Clark, safety in Baltimore, uh, get a modest deal. Um, I believe somewhere around $15 million over three years. Uh, star Luchalele, defensive tackle uh, in Buffalo, takes a pay cut, restructures, um, keeping his compensation in line with his performance. Brandon Dunn, it was just reported today uh, here on Wednesday evening. Uh, interior defensive lineman for the Texans. He's going to be uh, inking a deal as well. Um, 
And then uh looks like Greg Olson is a Seattle Seahawk. Five and a half mm-hmm. guaranteed for the old geezer uh, in Carolina. Um, now going to be going to the other coast. Ryan, is this a loss? Is this should the Patriots have been in on a Greg Nelson? Greg Olson. No. <laughs> Greg Olson. Uh, no, I don't think the I don't I don't think he really moves the needle a whole lot. I think if uh, Will Disley's healthy in Seattle, which is a big if given his injuries the past couple of years, um, that Greg Olson isn't even going to be the best head on the roster. Um, I think it's it would have been like a slightly better Ben Watson coming in um, from this year if uh, if Ben played the whole year. So it, like there there are better options if they're going to go like a cheaper option like that. I'd rather see them draft someone than bring in. You know, ancient Greg Olson. I think uh, it was interesting to see Buffalo in on Greg Olson. Yeah. Uh, you know, you and I were talking earlier about uh, Dawson Knox stepping up and having a nice rookie campaign where you don't really see that out of, t- out of tight ends at all. Right. Um, specifically, you know, TJ Hawkinson's going to be a stud in Detroit, but, you know, he had a tough year dealing with injuries, mm-hmm. dealing with NFL speed, dealing with NFL uh, edge rushers. Um, right. You have to learn how to, you have to crazy. learn how at, t- at a tight end, you have to learn how to beat NFL DBs uh, in the passing game and learn how to block NFL defensive linemen and linebackers in the run game. Like it, it it's a hard position to adjust to. And, and we know that Buffalo is in this uh, rookie quarterback contract. Uh, we're going to be spending and, and looking to bring in mm-hmm. weapons to put around Josh Allen um, to go along with that defense. Uh, they're going to, they're going to be pretty nice. Mari Cooper. Yeah. Whew you know bite bite your tongue um okay uh yeah like i like i said light nfl news week uh just today greg uh, robinson left tackle you know for the rams and, and lions and browns uh was just uh, was reported uh arrested on a mar- on a marijuana charge which uh brought up the other news point this uh this past week um i believe it was from last weekend where it was floated that the rumors are that uh that marijuana testing would be reduced to a two-week window in the calendar which is the most nfl thing i think i've ever heard uh it's <laughs> absurdly stupid um my my biggest thing on that is the the marijuana being made into such a huge deal by ownership like hey we are giving in so much on this marijuana issue uh look at look at how we're bending over backwards for you players union um when in reality it's really a common sense thing and should just be mm. off the table anyway. But uh, Ryan, any thoughts on the marijuana thing before we get into our main topic this week? So my only thought is that uh, he was arrested with possession and uh, intent to distribute or to sell. Ooh. And the, just, just the actual visual of like a six foot eight NFL left tackle um, walking out to the corner and trying to sell someone, some, something, anything is just very funny to me. Not, very uh incons- inconspicuous or not very conspicuous uh grammar gram- this yeah. is not a grammar <laughs> podcast um okay audio medium moving on to our topic this week since it's combine week uh and we know the nfl is a 365 day uh 366 day this year i believe it's a leap year mm-hmm. uh news cycle um the first being uh that the combine is is really the first major thing on the schedule um the debate is does the combine stink and i'm here to tell you that the combine absolutely does stink 
and here's the reason why. It's because not it, it, my main issue is the performance drills that are that are talked to death, um, specifically the forty yard dash and the bench press. Um, practically everything we're seeing them do from a drills perspective. It, you if you can't discern the player's skill on tape, there's nothing that these tests and it's it's been beaten to death on, on Twitter. But there's there's nothing these tests can't show you on tape. And if they're popping up in the drills that they and they weren't showing up on tape, it's simply a matter of the fact that these guys are are coaching their bodies for these drills. Uh, we, we've we've heard multiple times from guys that. Um, you know, yeah, I ran a four seven, and then I trained for literally three weeks or a month on how to run a forty yard dash effectively, uh, and I I clocked in at a four five eight. That four five eight from a four seven is what is going to bring you over most teams' thresholds. So here's my thing. What I would like to see if the NFL. I, First of all, I would scrap the whole damn thing, make it a regional thing, don't even televise, don't even make it an event. Because that's that's how much I think the production is stupid. But since we are going, we've gone down the road, there's no turning back now. If you're going to make it a production, make it a real production about the things that matter. Now, obviously, you can't go behind the scenes and get guys' medicals. There's there's HIPAA laws, you know, you can't violate the medical, the medical stuff. But... The most the most important aspect of this entire scouting combine week is the player interviews, and we have no insight into it as fans. And it's something that if you're gonna make a production out of this entire thing, I want in on it, and it's something I would pay to do. How would you do it? Who knows? Would the teams complain? Every single one of them would. You get 32 teams complaining about allowing cameras into their interview process. How, I'm not here to, to, to roll out the entire format or structure on this thing. But, hey, your conference lost the Super Bowl. These 16 teams have to allow cameras into a certain portion of their interview process, blah, blah, blah. I don't care about all the rules and how you did it. But I would pay minimum $50 to watch a special on behind the scenes of how these teams are going through their draft process and their interview process for these players. I want to see guys up at the whiteboard. I want to see the interactions with the coaching staff and how these guys are handling questions. And, you know, it would be an incentive to not have all these ridiculous, some of these ridiculous questions you hear pop up, some of these horror stories, um, but, you know, and from some of these player interviews. Ryan, uh, how far off base am I here? Uh, I mean, you're not entirely off base. I disagree. I disagree with the premise that the combine stinks. Um, I think people look at the combine the wrong way. I think that the combine is a good bucket sorter. So in, in good and bad ways, I don't think that we should be saying, oh, John Ross ran a 4-2-4-40. He's a lock to be in the top 10 now. Um, I think that we are 4-2-1, whatever, you know, whatever the record was. Um, I think that, however, that we should be looking at certain thresholds at certain positions and saying, okay, if you run a sub seven second three cone as an edge rusher, I'm going to pay attention to you. It doesn't mean that you're good automatically, but now I'm intrigued by you. And if I wasn't before, I'm going to go look at you. Um, if you run a four seven as a wide receiver, forty yard dash, you're not a wide receiver. You're just not. You're you're not. Um, if you run a four six five, I will give you. A, I will have doubts, but give you a shot. Like if you run a four seven, I'm just. You're, that's it. I think Jarvis Landry ran a four seven, and that is like the 
Like that's the slowest you I, I'll go. Um, and then there are some positions that I just don't care. I don't care what a quarterback does at the combine. I really don't. That's where I care about interviews that we don't get to see. And I, I do, there's no way it would ever happen, but I do ideally would like to see how interview process goes. See guys on the whiteboard just would never, ever happen. So it's not even worth really thinking about. Um, make the uh, QB throwing drills where they throw into wide receivers, put a DB on the field, you know, make it more realistic. Um, Cause right now the only thing that you can say is if someone looks bad throwing against Eric quarterback, they're done there. I don't care about you. Uh, if, as long as you don't look atrocious at throwing against air, you're probably going to raise your stock at the combine as a quarterback. Um, so I think that how we look at the combine needs to change. And I think that they're forcing this, you know, prime time event just because that's what the NFL does when I don't think that many people actually care that much about it. And I think they're going to learn that this year now that it's on prime time, but you know, we'll see, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's the thirst for football. So that's just, just that strong. Uh, but it's something that I, I personally don't care about watching at all. Like, I just want to see the numbers after the fact. Um, and I think there are play, situations and players where, you know, how they do at the combine is going to impact how I think about them just because they're kind of in that in-between state where I'm not entirely sure. And that's only a couple players every year, but that's where it does matter. Um, sure. So I, I don't I don't fully disagree with you. Um, I just, I think that it's, it's more that the combine is looked at the wrong way than I think the combine is useless. Fair, fair. And I understand my, my, my want to look into the inside of this, uh, you know, the behind the scenes of player interviews, how unrealistic that is. Of course it's unrealistic, but uh, you know, you know, if I was changing anything that was realistic and then you kind of touched on it is I want to see, I, I don't want to see guys thrown against air. You know, I, I'd rather, I'd rather have more time spent on, how fast can you process information that you couldn't prepare for? And that is facing other guys. That is learning, you know, one, we gave, you know, we give these groups of guys, you know, put, put guys in groups and give them, you know, a series of plays that they have to learn, you know, on the fly or, you know, the day before they have one day to, to install 10, you know, 10 plays and learn their assignments quickly. Uh, and then have them go at, you know, have them go against defenders um, and see what these guys are doing with information that they couldn't, that they didn't have privy, that they weren't privy to beforehand. Um, mix it up a little bit. My God. I don't, and you know what? I can't watch Rich Eisen run one more 40 yards. No, match. no, thank you. I, I can't for, do it. For a good cause. But sure. No, but, but give the money anyway and then just, right. you know, just don't. Don't right. do it. Um, okay. Anything else to add on the combine before we move on? Um, yeah, it's, like it's kind the, of boring. It's, it's, a, yeah, it's boring. Yeah. It's boring as hell. The, the, the issue, I think the issue production wise in the way that it currently exists is that they decided that the 40 yard dash is the premier. Uh, and I just do not care about the 40 yard dash in most cases, uh, unless someone's going to threaten to break the record. And even then I didn't even see John Ross's record breaker i've never seen it i just you know i got the notification like five hours later when i got back to my phone that day when you watch uh, when you watch these guys run these four twos and four like you can't see that it's right. a record you can't be like the oh, actual, this is about to be a record right. you, can't, right. you can't know you wait to see the timer and then you wait like an hour to see the official time right um 
I don't, I think that if they fo- if they shifted that premier focus to be on the drills and they made the drills a little bit more competitive, like I think the gauntlet for wide receivers is a cool one. Not that it's perfect, but it does show an ability to quickly react to passes and to also maintain your um, I don't know how to explain it properly, but like it maintain the way that you're moving because they're running along a straight line, constantly shifting their focus. So you'll see some guys that can just stay on that line and turn and make catches. And you'll see guys that are kind of, as they turn their head, they're like swerving back and forth. And that type of stuff matters. Body control matters at wide receiver. So I think how, that's how, at least right. interesting. How, how comfortable are you moving? Right. You know, with, right. you know with, again, that's information. How how fast do these guys process information and do their bodies react to it um, is, is all important stuff. And I just think there's ways right. that we could see it better. Now, and before we and you on, just need to not, and you just need to not overreact to that too, because I remember one year, Watching the gauntlet, Cody Core, uh, wide receiver from Ole Miss the year with Juan Treadwell, also came out, killed the gauntlet. I was all in on him. Um, he carved out a decent career for like a seventh round pick. He's like a special teamer, had some wide receiver stuff for the Bengals, but you know, he's nothing. Right. Um, the only gauntlet I really would care about and I would like to see, and I, you know, if I actually, if I could change anything, it would be the gauntlet would be the double dare gauntlet from early nineties <laughs> Nickelodeon. Can you make it through the nose with the gack and the, mm-hmm. you know, okay. Um, all right. Uh, we are right on schedule here, Ryan. This is amazing. Yeah, we're, this is the best we've ever done. Uh, a minute and a half each on uh, one transaction or prospect or something you'd like to see happen this Patriots offseason. Ryan, go. I am uh, throwing an audible on you from what we talked about pre-show because you reminded me um, right before we went live um, that I wanted to talk about Xavier McKinney, the safety from Alabama. Uh, so this is an example of someone whose combine I am going to care about because I think that he does everything well in at safety. He does nothing um, spectacularly. He's a, he's a solid uh, run defender. He's a good, he can, you know, handle tight ends and man coverage. He's a solid zone defender. Uh, he's very smart. He can play as a deep safety and cover one, cover one as the single high. He can uh, play cover two safety. He can play the star position. He can play the money backer position. Um, and he's a two-year starter under Nick Saban, and the Patriots are going to have a need at safety. Um, I think Patrick Chung is needs to be upgraded on this year. Uh, I think that if he is back, you can get away with one more year of him, but even then, that should be the last. This should be the last year of Patrick Chung, at most. Um, Devin McCourty feels like he's gone. I hate it. I hate it. Feels like he's gone. Um, so even if, I think if you're upgrading on Patrick Chung and Devin McCourty's gone, you have Deron Harmon, they experimented with Jawan Williams at safety. I'd like to see that experiment continue. Uh, and then you still need one more, I think. And uh, Xavier McKinney, you trade down. Uh, you be, he you could probably make him at the top of the second round uh, the most successful Bill Belichick second round defensive back. Um, you can recuperate assets that you lost from Muhammad Sanu, um, whether it's at the end of the first or at the beginning of the second. And then you can get another smart player at that position. My concerns with him is that I'm not sure what type of athlete he is because I just can't tell. He looks like a solid athlete. He doesn't really stand out. Um, he never got like dusted by elite athletes. He never looked like his athleticism popped on tape, though. So I am curious to see how he does this uh, at the combine. If he if he comes out and tests worse than I expected, then maybe my eyes were playing tricks on me and I lower him a little bit. If he comes out and you know, same thing the other way. If he comes out and tests great, then maybe I up, you know, maybe that solidifies how I feel about him. Um, but Xavier McKinney, 
as ideally a trade down candidate to like the late late 20s, early 30s in the draft, um, recuperate an asset or two, and then take him, uh, get some much needed youth into the safety position. Okay. Um, All right. So if I, you know, if, if if the Patriots don't, if they aren't allowed to trade their entire draft for Stephon Diggs, (laughs) <laughs> um which uh is probably not on the table i know you guys i know uh there they they need there's probably no team in football that needs an an infusion of speed in their offense more than the new england patriots and it's something we've talked about for since randy moss for the love of god um mm-hmm. a guy that's out there who's under contract and this is a a, a patriots-esque situation here uh it's kind of the same thing we saw with jason mccourty um, a guy who's on the outs at his current spot and uh, can be picked up probably before he gets cut uh, for a little late round pick swap. Uh, and this is uh, Marquise Goodwin, say uh, the uh, San Francisco 49ers receiver who signed a, a pretty pretty solid deal a couple of years ago uh, in 2017. He uh, had uh, just under, I believe, 60 catches for 952 yards. Um, and even over the last two years, which he's been dealing with some injuries. He's averaged 17.2 yards a catch. Uh, Ended his season this year, this past year, on IR, and obviously we know um, all of the young weapons that San Francisco has been adding over the last couple of years, so he was kind of phased out uh, even before that happened. Um, But the guy is still literally an Olympic athlete. Uh, (laughs) Literally an Olympic athlete. Um, Even if injuries uh, slow him down a little bit, he'll still be – uh, you know he'll still be probably the fastest pure straight line receiver in the in, in the division uh, maybe outside of John Brown um, John Brown can move mm-hmm. uh, but um, man you just you need a guy that has some straight line speed to take the top off the defense a little bit and maybe maybe earn some of that sweet sweet defensive pass interference yardage we saw Brandon <laughs> Cooks rack up. Um, and it can, like I said, it can be done probably for a late round pick swap before they cut him. Uh, and you'd get two years of control on him. So yes, he's going to be 29 years old, but you get a $4.3 million cap hit this year and a 5.85 next year. Uh, that can be worked around. You can even, you can even extend and restructure a little bit. Hmm. Um, and then of course you're going to have a little more when you maybe just cut Muhammad Sanu or restructure Muhammad Sanu because six and a half million dollar cap hit from Mo Sanu. Nah, nah, not going to happen from not, not from me anyway. Um, okay. I ran a little long. You ran a little long, Ryan, Mm -hmm. anything to add before we, uh, let the loyal listeners go this week. Uh, Brandon cook died for our sins and Patriots fans don't appreciate him enough. (laughs) Oh man, it's you, you. You don't know what you got until it's gone, right? <laughs> right. Um, except for Chris Hogan, we know what Chris Hogan yes. is and Mo- was. Yeah, Brandon Cook's most hated thousand yard receiver in Patriots history. <laughs> Un- unbelievable. Um, okay, <laughs> guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Follow Ryan Kieran on Twitter at Ryan underscore Kieran K E I R A N. Uh, follow me while you're on there at bphillips underscore sb. Make sure you're going to patspulpit.com all off season long for your coverage and help follow them on Twitter as well at patspulpit. Hey, we've got an Instagram handle going, uh, pats.pulpit on Instagram. We are, you know, we're with the times here. We're, we're mm-hmm. young and we are hip and we are not all old people uh, like myself. 
Not all of us anyway. Um, all right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we will catch you next week. All right, go Pats.